Hey guys, welcome to episode number five of the Egomaniac Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ego. Going to be talking a bit of movie news today, something a bit different. But before we get into that, this episode's movie of the day, movie recommendation, whatever you guys want to call it, is 2016's Hunt for the Wilder People. Directed by Taika Waititi. Some of his smaller films are The Boy, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, but most recently he did Thor Ragnarok which was incredible, and he's quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. If you like Thor Ragnarok, definitely check this one out because he certainly has his own style. Uh, very, He's one of those guys you can really spot one of his movies from afar because he's uh, he's definitely an individual. He's He's got his own style, and I really like it. He's really good at balancing drama and comedy, which I like, um, even within the same scene, dramatic and comedic scenes at the same time, which I like. Now, a few directors can do that. Um, it's starring Sam Neill from Jurassic Park, Julian Dennison, uh, who's going to be in Deadpool 2. I've never seen him in anything else other than this movie. And, you know, it's a coming-of-age story about an old rugged man and an inner-city little shithead who are, are one way or another, I'm not going to spoil it for you, are forced to spend time together. And it's about their relationship and how, how they learn from each other. Really, really. Really good movie. Really good performances across the board by Sam Neill. This is the best I've seen him in a long time. Uh, Julian Dennison is great in it. I, I'm not sure how old he is in real life. He plays a 15-year-old in this movie. I, I would say he's maybe even younger than that, but I, I'm he's probably around 16, give or take a couple years. But he's great in it. Really, really good. And, and you know, good performances across the board from all the other actors as well. The, I, I'm assuming this movie... Well, this movie was made in New Zealand. Taika Waititi is a New Zealand born guy and uh, most of the most of the actors and actresses in this movie are from New Zealand and they're phenomenal now if you visit this movie after seeing Thor Ragnarok you will notice there are some of the same people within the movie some have prominent roles in Thor Ragnarok some don't some are a lot smaller but they're really good they're really really good really funny uh one of the standout performances is a really small part but it's hilarious it's played by Reese Darby who's probably the biggest name in this movie other than Sam Neill, to be honest. He was in Flight of the Concords. He was Murray in Flight of the Concords, the guy's manager, if you've seen that show. He was in Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Uh, he was in, most recently, what I've seen him in was Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. He was in that movie. I think he plays Jacko or something. He plays the guy who drives them to wherever they need to go within the game Jumanji. Really, really funny performance. He plays like this whacked out guy who was tired of f filling out forms in the city or something is it it's really really every character has their quirks in this movie and it, it works so well all the characters really mesh together well uh especially like i said sam neill and julian dennison's characters they they have a great chemistry in this movie if i had to explain this movie it's a tough one to compare it to anything i would say it's like it's kind of stand by me meets golden pond Mixed with like a little Monty Python or something. Which is a crazy combination, but it does work. My only flaw with the movie is it gets a little bit derailed near the end. Now, I'm not going to spoil much, but there is a car chase in the movie. That's all I'm going to say. There's a car chase in the movie. And to me, this was a very grounded, dramatic comedy movie. Coming of age story. And the car chase kind of, it took away from it for me. It kind of turned it into an action movie for a period of time, and I didn't think it fit really well. You know, it, that's just my opinion, though. It didn't ruin the movie for me. This is a great movie. 
This is an absolutely great movie. It came out in 2016, and it's easily top five movies of 2016 for me. Easily. Easily made my top five. And that was a pretty solid year for movies. You had The Nice Guys, you had Zootopia. Uh, I'm pretty sure Deadpool came out in 2016. A lot of lot of good stuff, but that one was definitely in my top five. It's a must-watch for any movie nerd, especially if you like Thor Ragnarok, or if you've seen some of his other stuff and managed to skip by this somehow. Check it out, guys. Hunt for the Wilder People 2016. Really good movie. Now, before I get into any of this movie news I've talked about, or I'm going to talk about, rather, is I just want to give you a bit of a backstory as to how I feel about doing movie news on this podcast. And it's simple. This isn't going to be a regular thing. Uh, I'm going to do it when there's stuff that I actually have an opinion about. Because if I don't have an opinion, or if I don't think I can offer anything else to the discussion of this of said movie news, I'm not going to do it. Because it'll come across in the podcast. You'll, you'll be able to hear that I'm not interested, that I don't give a shit. But this week was good because there's a lot of stuff that happened this week uh, in the movie world that I'm I'm super interested in, and I do think I have a little bit different point of view uh, than the majority on this. So uh, let's get into it, guys. My first piece of movie news for this episode is Ready Player One. New posters were released for Ready Player One. Not huge news. There was 12 of them. I believe there's 12. I'll, I'll count uh, after this podcast, but for now, I think there's 12. And all they are is they're classic movie posters, and they're just redone with the Ready Player One characters. That's it. Simple. Um, There's Blade Runner. uh, There's Beetlejuice. The Matrix. Back to the Future. The Goonies. The Iron Giant. The Lost Boys. The Breakfast Club. Labyrinth. Risky Business. Rambo First Blood Part 2. And Bullet. Now, before I get into anything... Some of the people's arguments that I've seen online and such are legitimate. I agree with some of them to a point. Some of these posters are better than others. Now, I think that's kind of obvious. There was 12 released. Of course, some are going to be better than others. I wasn't huge on the Blade Runner one. I wasn't massive on the Matrix one. It looked, I just didn't like the way it looked. I I love the Back to the Future one. I thought it was good. The Goonies one is the best, I think. Labyrinth is really cool. But that's a tough poster to pull off, uh, is the Labyrinth one. Rambo First Blood Part 2, how can you go wrong with that? The Iron Giant one is incredibly similar to the poster that it's um, paying homage to. It's very, very close. It's almost exactly the same, except the title's different, obviously. But, you know, a lot of people are in a huff about this. They're, they're big-time mad. Now, I'll say this. Nostalgia is a huge part of the Ready Player One story. For those of you who've read the book, you know that. It's a massive part of the story. The story is not, it's not the whole story, but it is a big part. And Ernest Klein, the author of the book, did such a good job uh, making it a necessity for the book. It had to be there. The The story requires it. And I love that. And, I, you know, I don't know why people are getting bent out of shape by these posters there's 12 of them so obviously it's not supposed to be the backbone of the media the the marketing rather you know this isn't the poster these aren't the posters that are going to be in the theater these are just supposed to be fun little pieces of nostalgia for here you go guys that's all i'm getting from it they just went here here's some cool little stuff for you to look at check it out and that it is it's cool it's fun now a lot of people are saying it looks like fan art now let me tell you something that's an insult to fan art 
not because these are bad, but because people are using it in a derogatory sense. Fan, some fan art is better than the actual art for the movie. You know, you, you see some fan art, like I, I, just off the top of my head, there's been some fan art posters for E.T. and Jurassic Park. They're unbelievable. They're amazing. You know, I, I'm sure it's been done, but I think they should hold, I think studios should hold competitions the odd time for certain movies, um, for like fans to make posters, you know, hold a contest. You'll get some great stuff. Guaranteed you will. But you know, I, I don't really understand why everyone's in a huff about this. I I mean, how much can a poster convey? Really? I understand it. You know, it gives you the, they have to give you the gist of what the movie's about within one sheet of paper. I understand that, but, you know, for people to be this judgmental over a couple of posters, like, don't get me wrong, I've seen some movie posters I hated, but it, they didn't ruin my fucking day, either, you know? The only one I think of these that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me is the bullet one. Now, I like the poster, it's fine, I think it looks good, um, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me for one simple fact, and that's that within the book... Again, I'm not going to spoil anything for those of you who haven't read it. Um, None of us have obviously seen seen the movie unless you were at South by Southwest last night. But that's unlikely. Um, You know, most of the references in the book are anywhere from like 1975 to like mid-90s. But the majority of them stay within the 80s. And Bullet was made in 1968. So I think it's just a bit outside the realm of the references that are within the story. But again, the movie's not going to be the same as the book. I actually think the movie has a... Races are a, a big portion of the movie. From from the trailers and stuff that I've seen, I would say race... And I don't mean like, you know, gender and race and stuff. I mean literal car races, things like that, within the Oasis. I think they're playing a crucial part in this movie. And Bullet's a race movie. So, I mean, it makes sense, but... To me, it's just a bit outside the realm of the 80s, which is where most of the references in the story take place. Now, one person's comment that I heard online. I shouldn't get bent out of shape, but that's my style. This person said, from these posters, oh, maybe Spielberg has lost his touch. Now, you gotta be kidding. You gotta be kidding. From a couple of fucking posters? You're saying Steven Spielberg has lost his touch because you didn't like a couple of posters? I highly doubt these even crossed Steven Spielberg's desk. I bet he still hasn't seen them. You know? I highly doubt he has to approve uh, posters and things like that. He's the director. He's not the marketing guy. You know? that That's just my opinion. And to say the guy... Okay. He directed Jaws... E.T., Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jurassic Park, just to name a few. But yeah, he's lost his touch because I didn't like that poster of his movie. Come on, that, that's just idiotic. You gotta be out of your mind to say something like that. He hasn't lost his touch. He's Steven Spielberg. He's a legend. And I really don't think these posters are bad. I'm gonna leave a link in the podcast description so you guys can check them out for yourselves. Let me know what you think. But yeah, I you know, as far as the posters go, I'm... I'm on board. I I like them. I'm still pumped for the movie, big time. Maybe more excited for any other movie, for any movie. I I may not have been this excited for any movie ever. Tripped over my words a little bit there, guys. I apologize, but I'm so hyped for Ready Player One. I I cannot wait for this movie. 
and the premiere at South by Southwest. People are loving it. I haven't read many reviews because I don't want to even hint at a spoiler, but people are digging it, and it makes me thrilled. So yeah, guys, check them out. Let me know what you think. I like them. Moving on, Patty Jenkins confirmed on Twitter this week that Kristen Wiig is going to be the villain role in Wonder Woman 2 as Cheetah. I love this. I love this. I, I can't love this more. Kristen Wiig is so talented. If you don't believe me, go see the Skeleton Twins. That's just one good performance that she's done. She does comedy, which I think is, you know, if, if they add that to the script, I think it's going to add a little more of an, a different element to a villain that we've seen. Like, you know, people are questioning her. But David Thewlis, is that his, I think that's his name, who played uh, Lupin in, Harry po- in the Harry Potter movies. He played Ares in, spoiler alert, he played Ares in Wonder Woman, and that was a terrible villain. Boring as shit. You know, no offense to David Thewlis, he was fine in it, but it, it's a boring villain. Kristen Wiig, if anyone can bring another element to a villain role, it's Kristen Wiig. I, I totally believe in her. I liked when I heard Emma Stone was in for this. I liked that, but that didn't work out, obviously. Kristen Wiig is in there, and I love it. Now, there was articles saying that, uh, you know, why wasn't, what was a colored actress not available, an actress of color? Now, granted, fine, that's a fair argument, I guess, but I just don't know if this is the right movie to be picking that battle with, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'm not trying to get into, you know, I, I'm not trying to start a fight in that aspect because I'm nowhere near politically savvy enough to take any of you on, but I just think this is the wrong movie to pick that battle simply because it's a female director uh, who, who's now becoming the highest paid female director of all time with Wonder Woman 2, and it's an Israeli lead. It's an Israeli actress in the lead, and she's great. You know, um, I think Kristen Wiig was the right person for the job. Now, if she, yeah, that's all I can say about that. I, I think they obviously saw something in Kristen Wiig that they like. I love the casting. People are doubting her. And I just have one thing to ask. How many times do we need to do this? You know, how many times do we need to question these people before we give them a chance? You know, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger will be terrible as the Joker. Best part of the movie. Ben Affleck will suck as Batman. Best part of the movie. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Best part of the movie. Robert Downey Jr. People doubted him as Tony Stark and Iron Man. Because he was coming off a bunch of shit, whatever he was dealing with, you know, in his life. This was his comeback movie. Guess what? Amazing. I could never see anyone else as Tony Stark or Iron Man. Paul Rudd. He can't do it. He's a comedian. Arguably the best uh, hero in the MCU. Unbelievable. When are we going to stop doubting these people? You know, I'm not in the, I'm not in the room. We want to say we trust Patty Jenkins, but when we question every move she makes as far as casting goes, that kind of indicates you don't really have a lot of faith in her. That's just what I, that's just my opinion. You know, Patty Jenkins decided Kristen Wiig was the girl for the job. I am totally on board with her. I trust her. Kristen Wiig is an amazing actress. She can do so much more than comedy, but let's not forget that she can do comedy because that could, like I said, that could add a whole other element to this. I love it, guys. Let me know what you think as uh, as far as this casting decision goes. I love Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Super excited for it. Moving on to a galaxy far, far away. To close the show out, let's talk about some Star Wars news. Now, 
John Williams has come out and said that he is out as composer for Star Wars after episode 9. Now, this is pretty simple. As far as a composer goes, I think John Williams has done every possible thing you could do or want to do as a composer in film. He's won Oscars. He's worked with the greatest directors of all time. You know, he's 86 years old, and he doesn't want to do Star Wars anymore. Simple. John Williams owes us nothing. You know? And I don't think I'm in the minority on that. I think, you know, how how could you not... How could you be in the minority on that? I, I think most people agree... He should be able to do whatever he wants. He owes no one anything. He's paid his dues. You know, John Williams has been the soundtrack for my life for, you know, for the most part. He's composed my favorite scores of all time. And the thing I love about John Williams, and granted, there's so many good composers in Hollywood. There's so many brilliant ones. But John Williams does something that so few can do, I think, and that is make the whole soundtrack flow like you're listening to a rock band's album or something, you know? It doesn't just sound like pieces or themes put together. You know, you you put in this soundtrack and it sounds like one giant piece of music. And I've always loved that about John Williams. I mean, my favorite score from him is probably Jurassic Park, but E.T.'s got to be a close second. Jaws is a great score. Star Wars, obviously. You know, he and he, he's set the groundwork for whoever comes after him. He's done all these Star Wars episodes. We have the themes down. You know, we have the Imperial March and all that. He set the groundwork. Uh, and now the debate comes as to who should take over for him. And I think it's a no-brainer. It's Michael Giacchino. It's got to be Michael Giacchino. He won an Oscar for Up. He did The Incredibles, Zootopia, all the, the new Star Trek trilogy the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. He did Rogue One, so he's worked in the Star Wars universe before. He's done tons of work for Disney. Michael Giacchino is amazing. He did Inside Out, which is a fucking beautiful score. The guy's incredible. You know, he he is so good. Ratatouille he did. And I really like what he did with Rogue One, actually. I thought the themes for that movie were really good. I actually thought the score was one of the bright spots of the movie and I liked Rogue One so that's you know that's saying something just a really talented guy and I I think he's got the flavor that John Williams does you know everything flows everything works as a unit I I really really like his work and I think it's a no-brainer I hope that's who gets it but like I said there's so many good composers in Hollywood so let me know what you you guys think about that let me know if you think Michael Giacchino is the man for the job uh Moving on from that, John Favreau is executive producing and writing a new live-action Star Wars series for Disney's new streaming service. I'm not sure when that service is coming up, but sooner rather than later, I would assume. Now, this was announced as some controversy because it was announced on International Women's Day, and John Favreau is a white male. Now, that's all well and good. That's fine. Legitimate argument, I suppose, but you just have to keep in mind or I'm going to keep in mind at least, is that the person in charge of all these decisions, the person in charge of Star Wars, let us not forget, is a woman, a brilliant woman, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. She's the one who's in charge of these decisions, you know? Uh, Obviously, she decided John Favreau's the right man for the job, and I think he's paid his dues. And granted, sure, legitimate argument, but 
I don't want it to take away from the fact that John Favreau it isn't just some you know schmuck off the street. He he's he's done a lot of hard work and a lot of really good work. And you know he he was quoted saying, "If you told me at 11 years old that I'd be telling star stories in the Star Wars universe, I wouldn't have believed you." And I love hearing stuff like that. You know, like he dreamed of this when he was a kid. That's unbelievable. I, I love hearing that. Now, the only thing that shocks me about this news is I thought they'd give John Favreau uh, a movie. You know, to tell you the truth, I thought they might give him episode nine. They didn't, obviously. J.J. Abrams got that, which I'm totally cool with. I know there was some controversy about that as well, but I, I'm I'm totally happy with J.J. being the man for the job. Um, You know, really excited for his live-action Lion King coming up, but I'll say this. Star Wars takes place in a galaxy. Pretty big things, those galaxies, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of, lot of people within those galaxies, you know? A lot of characters. I, I think... There are a lot of great stories waiting to be told within this universe that don't involve anyone with the last name Skywalker. You know? And I love Star Wars. I love Luke. I love Leia. I love Han. I love them all. But some original stories would not hurt. They will not hurt this universe. You know? Like Rogue One. Good movie. I liked Rogue One. Tie-in. You know, one that was maybe necessary... But we're, we're always talking about these movies, you know. We're going to get the Boba Fett movie, and we're going to get the so-and-so and so-and-so. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But just for once, try something totally different, you know. Make a new character, one that's not a Jedi, one that's not even a pilot. Make There are so many stories waiting to be told in this universe, and there's countless pieces of source material, books, comics, so much stuff, so much really good stuff. You know, try something new. That's all. That's that's my opinion on this. I hope John Favreau will try something new. Now, if you want to do a little side, uh, a side story, you know, a little tiny spinoff, I I get that. Knights of the Old Republic stuff like that. That's cool. Even the bounty hunter stuff. Not so much Boba Fett, but I think the bounty hunter stuff is a nice road to go down. I think that would be interesting. But yeah, I, I I'm really hoping this uh, is an original story. I would really like that, especially considering it's a series. I think there's a lot a lot of opportunities there, some really cool stuff. So let me know what you guys think about that because that's, that's all I have for movie, uh, movie news this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you guys think. Like I said, I'm going to put some links in my descriptions. You can check uh, the Ready Player One posters out and let me know what you think. Um, so, yeah, guys, that's this episode. Subscribe, like, rate, review, do whatever you have to. I don't really care as long as you listen. I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, the response has been amazing. Uh, I really like I really like doing this podcast. I'm having a ton of fun, uh, you know, and I'm still working on getting better. And it, like I said, I'm just having a ton of fun. Um, and I'm really looking forward to sharing more stuff with you guys. I got a lot of cool ideas. I have guests coming in pretty soon, I think. Um, so yeah, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at egomaniac movies. Uh, yeah, guys. Take care, and remember, my safe word will be whiskey. 